Hey, thanks for downloading the podcast. If you want to listen live, all you have to do is download the iHeartRadio app and search for Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Also, if you want to catch this show on video, be sure to check out Zumo TV, channel 719. That's where you can find SportsGrid's Fantasy Sports Network. Enjoy the show, and thanks so much for listening. Listening to Scott Wetzel will give you a bad taste in your mouth. You call these bagels? It's Bagels and Bad Beats with Scott Wetzel. Welcome to hour number two of Bagels and Bad Beats with yours truly, Scott Wetzel, taking you right up until 7 a.m. Eastern time. You want to follow me on Twitter, send a tweet. It is at Office of Pick. Email me, hit the uh, contact Scott icon on the uh, website, and then obviously the phone calls, 844-843-6879, 844-843-6879. Talking a little baseball with the players rejecting the owner's latest proposal, which in essence allows now the commissioner slash owners to come up with any deal that they want and the players seemingly will be on board. We'll see because ultimately they can still reject that just by saying, well, we're not playing because we're afraid of the virus. So if that's ultimately their plan, then the whole thing was a farce and and the whole thing is a goof. And whatever you think the players have hit rock bottom on public relations stuff, there's another level still to be found for the MLB players. That is for sure. Talking about the new situation with Bubba Wallace, good show support by the other NASCAR drivers. Drivers yesterday during the race at Talladega, which was postponed from Sunday. But we are discussing whether it really was a noose or whether it was just maybe some loose rope from a garage door that maybe just maybe fell apart and someone threw it on the side or maybe even hung it over a railing and someone saw it and said, oh, my gosh, that's a noose. You know, there's a story, you know, on the screen underneath the four letter network that now says apparent noose, which I'd not seen before. It was just automatically assumed the noose or one of our phone calls. So if it turns out to be John from Manhattan, we, we may have to give him like an opposite picks. Uh, I don't know about a hoodie, John, but maybe we'll have to give him like a free opposite picks bumper sticker. Anyway, that is for sure. If it turns out that that's exactly what happened. And he was the first one to get the story. Uh, Brian Edwards uh, from uh, VegasInsider.com will join us later this hour. So will Dane Martinez uh, from right here on Sports Grid. He'll join us. We'll talk some sports with him. And I got a couple of interesting stories. Well, you know, listen, all my stories are interesting. But uh, something very peculiar is happening with the Washington Redskins that, you know, I'm trying to figure out why. I don't think it's necessarily a bad thing. Actually, the thing itself is good. I just don't know why it hasn't happened more often, if that makes any sense. And do I have a job for you beer drinkers out there? Oh, yeah. All that's coming up last hour, big of that. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Bad Beats 
on this uh, Tuesday morning with yours truly, Scott Wetzel, 844-843-6879. We got Brian Edwards coming up uh, in a little bit. He is the managing editor. He's got like 50 zillion jobs. He's a typical media guy, as we all do. You know, you can't, uh, it's 2020, you can't have just one job. Uh, that's old school. So Brian is, writes basically all over the place, including uh, VegasInsider.com, where he's the senior handicapper. Uh, he also is the managing editor at MajorWager.com and uh, has his own website as well, BrianEdwardsSports.com. So we'll we'll check in with him. We'll do some college football talk with him. He's got his Heisman Trophy uh, picks out. He's got some over-unders he wants to give on team totals. He's got his power rankings out as, as well. And uh, he's got a couple of thoughts on who's going to win the national championship. And then we'll check in with our guy, Dane Martinez, host of the Early Line and In-Game Live over on SportsGrid, which you can see all over the place, including Pluto, Zumo, Apple TV, Amazon Fire TV, and right here on YouTube TV as well. So uh, you want to get your phone calls in, then uh, feel free to do it now, 844-843-6879. Now, a couple of stories I want to get to. One, it's kind of strange. You know, sometimes you read a story, it's like, okay, you get it. And then once in a while, it's kind of like, boy, that that's kind of an offshoot strange story. Uh, the Washington Redskins are going to retire the jersey of the late Hall of Famer running back flanker Bobby Mitchell. He's the team's first African-American, and uh, they felt it was right to to do it. And, you know, no problem with that. Nothing strange about that, Scott. What's, what's so weird about that? They're also going to rename, by the way, the lower level of the FedEx field for him, replacing a section that was named after former owner George Marshall, who apparently didn't integrate the roster until he was forced to do so in 1962. So that's a no-no here in 2020. Cool with that. So what's so strange, Scott? Well, here's the strange thing. And I really, I, I admire it because some of these teams, you know, including the Stankies, have just gone over the top on some of this stuff. But do you realize the Washington Redskins, and now with Bobby Mitchell, will only have two players with their uniform numbers retired. Mitchell and Hall of Famer Sammy Baugh. And that's it. You know, when, when, I, when I saw that, I was like, what are the Washington Redskins? First of all, they've been around forever. They're one of the most historic franchises out there. You know, you, when you think NFL, you think what? You know, Green Bay Packers, New York Giants, Chicago Bears. You know, a little bit more recently, Dallas. But, you know, the Washington Redskins were like one of the sig L.A. Rams, one of the signature franchises in the league. How is it possible they only have one person at this point having their uniform number retired? And they've had, you know, maybe not like all-time, all-time prominent greats, but they've had a zillion Hall of Famers on their team. You know, in no particular order, whether it's Daryl Green, uh, you know, a, a terrific defensive back, whether it's John Riggins. I mean, who could forget him knocking over our beloved Miami Dolphin defensive back on his way to a Super Bowl win? Uh, Billy Kilmer, who didn't play his entire career with the Redskins, but, you know, was prominent there for sure. Sonny Jurgensen. How about Art Monk, Hall of Fame wide receiver? You know, Joe Jacoby, you think of uh, the great The Hogs, Jacoby and, and Russ Grimm. Champ Bailey more recently. Um, what a weird, right? I mean, I it must be a philosophy thing, but they do have Sammy Baugh. So I, whether maybe their requirements are so so you know high that none of these guys got you know are are eligible to have their uniform number retired. Again, I like it just because I live here in New York. 
And, you know, every other weekend, the Stankies would normally have a uniform number retired ceremony. I mean, every Tom, Dick, and Harry is out there. So uh, this is the antithesis of that, maybe too much so, but it does seem kind of weird. But uh, good job by the Redskins, I suppose, uh, having the uniform number retired. But that, that just, just uh, seems uh, a little weird. And, you know, as long as we're handing out the kudos this year, uh, kudos to John Harbaugh. Uh, every once in a while, I'll write down some stories. And unfortunately, with only two hours, we don't have time to get to them all. But what I wrote down last week that I meant to get to was Lamar Jackson, Ravens quarterback, was upset. Not upset, but he explained away the loss to Tennessee last year as his team overlooked the Titans, even though it was at home even though they got their ass kicked the year before by the L.A. Chargers. So you would think without any playoff wins under his belt, the last thing in the world he would ever do is overlook a team and take the team for granted, right? Especially a team that, oh, by the way, just knocked off the Super Bowl champion New England Patriots on the road. I, you know, I meant to get to it and just rip them a new you-know-what, but uh, I didn't, unfortunately. And yesterday, to his credit, Ravens head coach John Harbaugh, who I like. You know, he's he's a little orny. You know, he definitely has a, a rough side, but that that's okay. Uh, disagreed with Lamar Jackson, basically telling him to shut up and sit down. Uh, I'm paraphrasing, uh, saying that no, it's not because we didn't uh, you know take the Titans seriously. We just didn't play well. That's why we lost. So that that's what you do. You know, when you lose two straight playoff games at home. Oh, by the way, both times. If you're Lamar Jackson, and I question how much success he ultimately will have in this league, but if you want to be the face of the franchise, if you want to be the man that's going to take this team to the next level, you, you have to be able to be public relations savvy. And, and saying that you you know took the Titans for granted after you got embarrassed the year before by the Chargers, in which you specifically played horrible for three and a half quarters, it was a bad look. It really was. So uh, kudos to Harbaugh for, again, in essence, basically telling Lamar Jackson, hey, Lamar, you know, shut up. You know, uh, we got our ass kicked. In fact, not only did we get our ass kicked, we got our ass kicked at home for the second straight year. I mean, it was it was not a close game at all last year. So a uh, nice job. All right, back to the phones we go, 844-843-6879. LL loyal listener Mikey in South Carolina. What's up, Mike? How are you this morning, bud? Good morning, Scott, and how are you, brother? You doing all right? Yeah, not too bad. Not too bad. That's good. That's good. Listen, uh, a question on the refinancing of your house. How's that coming along? Coming along all well, right? Getting it done? Uh, no, I give it up on it. I, I just, you know, I, I have to purposely sit down and just call these people. They were calling me last week or two weeks ago, and then no one called me back last week. I, I'm down to like two. And whichever mope decides to get on the phone and call me is going to get my business. And so far, neither one has. So I, I went from having too many to yeah. none now getting the interest. So. Well, we, we, we did ours, Scott. We started in the middle of March, and we closed this past Friday. So it's a slow, nice. believe me, slow process. Yes, yes. took three months, basically, to get it done. But at least it's done. House payment went up about thirty dollars. No, fifty dollars a month, and I cut five years off. So that's that's a win-win. Uh, the interest rates are just too good right now. Hey, hey Scott, let me see. I listened to the podcast. Um, I think Ms. Uh, Dr. George missed the team, a college team that won a national championship in both football and basketball. Uh, correct me if I'm wrong, but didn't uh, Arkansas, uh, Arkansas there? Then they. I know that Jimmy Johnson and. Uh, 
uh, the old owner there, they won a championship in Arkansas, and they're, I think, 60 or 61. Look it up. And then, of course, their their basketball team beat my beloved uh, Dolphins and – excuse me, Dolphins, Blue Devils, my other beloved team, Blue Devils in 94 in college basketball. So yeah. check on that because I think that yeah I think there was one I didn't hear that one mentioned. I was no, he didn't mention that one. We were talking about which which programs yeah, so. had won college football and college basketball championships. Gary Maybe Jones it was like and a Jimmy split. Johnson. I saw. Yeah, they won in the early '60s. Arkansas did. Interesting. I'll have to double check. Maybe there was like a split championship or something uh, along those so, lines. But even still, it's a championship, even if you split them, because one of the teams that he said was do it. Last thing, Scott, before we go here, I'm getting ahead to the present here today. Um, yeah, I, I didn't know about losing Jimmy Kick to listen to your podcast yesterday. I, yeah. I didn't know about that. And uh, what a what a, just a versatile player he was for us. Look at some of the stats in those years we won championships. He really brought a lot to the table. Scott, yeah. you have a wonderful day, brother. We'll talk to you soon, all right? You got it, Mikey. Appreciate the phone call. Yeah, I'm looking at it now. That's right. Arkansas won twice, actually. Uh, an unclaimed, whatever that means, and a claim back in uh, 64 and 77. So, yeah, for Arkansas on the list that have won both uh, basketball and football national championships. Dr. George Wong again. <laughs> SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Bengals and Bad Beats on this Tuesday morning with your Chris Julius Scott Wetzel, 844-843-6879. We'll head back to the phones, emails, and tweets here a little bit. But the time to make some money, hence our name, Bagels, and, uh, well, maybe not our name, Bad Beats, because Bad Beats means you're lost. <laughs> we got to change that somehow. We're going to throw a little atom on that. Bagels and Bad Beats and good winners. And that's what we're going to do uh, throughout this program once sports gets up and rolling, including college football. So with that, let us welcome in a man who uh, knows college football like no other, Senior handicapper over at uh, one of my favorite websites, VegasInsider.com, and that's uh, Brian Edwards for the program. Brian Scott, what's up? How are you, my friend? What's going on, Scott? Long time. Glad to be with you. Yeah, man. Good to hear you again. Uh, Brian used to come out all the time when I was working over at the uh, Three Letter Network, uh, so... uh, um, uh, we're familiar with each other, so that, that's cool. I, I Listen, I'm getting set, Brian, for a, an upcoming college football season, but I got to tell you, you know, there is a part of me that says this is really not going to happen. Before we break down some of the names and numbers, give me your, you know, if, if you have a percentage of whether you think the season is going to happen or not, where do, where do you think it lies in your mind? Well, I think it's going to happen. I just believe it's going to be a a wacky season and that, you know, I think we're going to get positive tests as the season goes on. And when you do, those players that test positive, you know, are going to go into quarantine for at least 10 days, maybe 14. And, you know, you might have some situations where, you know, let's say Clemson playing whoever, Louisville, and, oh, Trevor Lawrence and Travis Eaton uh, 
came up positive. And, you know, you may catch some underdogs getting lucky and facing teams where their best players are out. And, you know, I, I was 100% positive we're going to get a season. And then the last week, you know, 30 LSU players quarantined. Uh, Kansas State hit pause on voluntary workout, workouts for 14 days. They had 14 student athletes test positive. Uh, Clemson's got 23 players or staff members positive. Now, you know, maybe that's good to get it out of the way here in June, or maybe it's just a sign of how the season's going to go. Um, we, sh- we shall see. Time will tell. It's good that we'll have the NBA bubble and Disney and kind of, you know, be able to learn a little bit from what happens there, um, you know, before football gets started. But, yeah, um, it's going to be interesting. We shall see. Yeah. Uh, assuming there is a season, Brian, it's, it's the same old, same old. If you look at FanDuel's uh, numbers as far as who's going to win the national championship, the favorite is Clemson at plus 250, which actually I think is a little bit higher than what it was last year. Because I remember I was on Clemson at the start of the season, and I think I got like plus two. Uh, Ohio State plus 300 and Alabama plus 600. I can't remember the last time Alabama was a six to one uh, you know, favorite or whatever to, to win the national championship. That They're usually two to right. one. But, uh, you know, who do you see what value wise and ultimately who do you think is going to end up winning it well i you know i think clemson alabama and ohio state are are, you know if they stay healthy and they don't have covid tests to you know their big players uh, you know i think those are three easy picks to make now look penn state could unseat ohio state i think penn state's going to be very good this year um, the Florida Georgia winner out of the East maybe could have something for Alabama in Atlanta. Uh, but look, the ACC is so down. I mean, I think uh, North Carolina and Louisville on the rise, but um, Clemson doesn't have to play North Carolina. I think North Carolina will win that, that weaker side uh, of the ACC and get a rematch with Clemson in the ACC championship game, um, you know, a rematch, you know, from that one point game. Last year, North Carolina is a team I'm really bullish on. Uh, we'll get to them later. I, I, right now, I put Oklahoma number four in my power rankings. I'm just kind of trusting Lincoln Riley that Spencer Rattler, who we have not seen seen yet, but was a big-time five-star recruit. I'm just thinking, you know, Lincoln Riley, I just trust him offensively. You plug Rattler in, and, and it'll probably, you know, be close to the production we've seen out of Kyler Murley, uh, Jalen Hurts, Baker Mayfield, uh, et cetera, for Oklahoma. I think maybe Florida's got a better quarterback than Georgia this year. Certainly Georgia bringing in Jamie Newman, a very good grad transfer from Wake Forest, but he runs a lot. He's had uh, trouble staying healthy at times at Wake. Uh, Florida's got Kyle Trask coming back, who was just outstanding last year. Um, Oregon's probably the best team in the Pac-12, but I just I don't think – and they've obviously got to play Ohio State early week two – I don't think they're up to snuff with the rest of those teams. So I think Clemson, Alabama, Ohio State get to the playoff, and then either Oklahoma or the Florida-Georgia winner and Penn State might can play sleeper with Ohio State. They do get Ohio State in Happy Valley. You know, it's interesting as we talk with uh, Brian Edwards from VegasInsider.com, senior handicapper, also uh, managing editor at the MajorWager.com, and also with his own website, the BrianEdwards.com. Interesting, Brian, that Justin Fields is the, with FanDuel anyway, plus three to one favorite to win the Heisman with Trevor Lawrence next in line at plus six to one. But when it comes to championship odds, it's Clemson, i.e. Trevor Lawrence, that's the slight favorite over Ohio State. You would think that if 
you know, Clemson would win the national championship, then Trevor Lawrence would be the favorite to win the Heisman, and same thing with Ohio State and Justin Fields, but it's actually reversed. Well, you know, part of that, Scott, could be that Clemson is favored by 16.5 or more in the games of the year, except for Notre Dame being the one outlier and an exception. And the thinking may be that Clemson's going to be ahead by so many points at halftime that Trevor Lawrence is not going to be getting to pad his stats, whereas you would think Ohio State fields, you know, with some a little – I mean, not that the Big Ten is all up to par with Ohio State, but that fields will get more significant snaps and not be seen as running up the score when he's still, you know, getting lots of touchdowns, rushing yards, passing yards in the fourth quarter when many times Trevor Lawrence is going to be done for the day at halftime. I think that probably plays into it a little bit. That, you know, that's just a hunch on my part. And you got another hunch uh, for the Heisman Trophy, a nice 80-to-1 long shot, don't you? Yeah, Alabama running back Najee Harris, who was just outstanding last season. I thought he would go pro. He decided to come back. And, look, I like Mac Jones. Uh, he, he showed us a little something last year in his four starts when Tua got hurt. But I think they're going to lean on their running backs and uh, their workforce. Najee Harris, 5.9 yards per carry average last year, 1,224 rushing yards, 13 touchdowns. I think we could see Nick Saban lean on his running game a little more so, at least than we had the last couple of years or the last three years, really, with, with Jalen and Tua. And uh, Najee Harris at 80 to 1 at FanDuel, that's the best price I've seen on him. Some spots have him 40 or 50 to 1. I mean, you know, first off, if Alabama's undefeated, which, you know, they normally are come late October, all their big games are going to be, you know, marquee games down the stretch. You know, you get LSU in early November, you get Auburn, you get a likely SEC championship game, you know, and if they're in the national title mix and Harris is going for 150, 200 yard games in that time span, you know, he's going to be right there in the mix. And we have seen um, uh, Henry, uh, and um, Mark Ingram win the Heisman uh, twice at Alabama in the last decade, a running back. So there is precedent for us. I think Najee Harris at 80-1, to 1, or even the 40-50-1 and 50 to 1 at other books, I think that's definitely worth a shot. Yeah, I, I tell you what, you get Alabama's number one running back at 80-1. to 1, You talk about value. Boy, that, that really is, Brian. How about the three over-unders? I know you emailed me that you really like, although one of them just closed its facilities. <laughs> so I don't know. Yeah, Boise stayed, uh, you know, spilled the beans there on one of them is going to have football or not. But uh, give me your three best over-unders. Yeah, I like Boise State over nine and a half. Now, earlier in the summer, it was a minus 110 price. It's up to minus 135. So not a, I wouldn't risk as much with that chalky price on it. But Brian Harson during his six-year tenure, they've won 10 or more four times. They've got Hank Bachmeyer coming back at quarterback, who had some injuries last year, but was playing great before that. And running back George Helani, who went for over 1,000 yards as a freshman. And I think overall, the, the, the conference is going to be a little bit down. You know, Jeff Tedford left Fresno State after he had them really good for a couple of years. Hawaii lost Cole McDonald uh, and Rolovich. So um, that's one. Over nine and a half for Boise State. Then over eight and a half for North Carolina, 10 starters back on offense. Sam Howell, 38 to 7 TDI and T ratio last year. And I'm okay with taking a shot at him with him 
at, at the high on the Heisman at 25 to one odds. They've got two workhorse running backs. Michael Carter went over a thousand yards last year. Javante Williams, 933 yards. They've got Daz Newsome at wide receiver, 72 catches, 1,018 yards. And uh, Deami Brown went over a uh, thousand yards receiving and 12 touchdowns last year. Let's remember UNC only went seven and six last year, but they had gone five and 18 the two years prior to that. And all of their losses were one possession games last year, including by one to uh, Clemson. They lose four overtimes at Virginia Tech. They lose by three to App State, who had a great year last year. I think North Carolina could have a big season, and I think they'll get Clemson in the ACC championship game. Brian, good job, man. People want to find you. You can uh, read Brian all the time. He's senior uh, handicapper at VegasInsider.com. Uh, check him out, managing editor as well at MajorWager.com. And, of course, he has his own website, BrianEdwards.com. And we'll hopefully have Brian on uh, throughout the season. He's got his power rankings up with uh, Clemson, Alabama, Ohio State, and Oklahoma, one, two, three, four. And uh, as we get a little bit closer, Brian, to the season, no doubt we'll have you on again, hopefully. And uh, we'll check in again down the line. Thanks so much for having me, Scott, and have a great week, buddy. You got it, man. Enjoy the day. Appreciate it. All right, 844-843-6879, our toll-free telephone number. Again, 844-843-6879. Quick break, and right back to the phone calls, emails. Dane Martinez from SportsGrid.com coming up next. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Keep that number handy. Won't have time for any phone calls uh, the rest of today, but uh, we definitely will throughout the week. Normally, we we know we have uh, you know historically for years truly, I have about one guest a month. <laughs> you know, it's just it's me. I sell myself, but I always enjoy guests, and it's a beautiful thing. So we've had the one already yesterday. We've had one already today, and we have our second guest, which is a great thing because he's a great guy. He's the host of the Early Line uh, in game live as well over on Sports Grid, which you could catch on Pluto five seventeen, Zumo seven. 19 stir 352 apple tv amazon fire tv youtube tv basically it can be found anywhere and with that we welcome in the host of the early line and in-game live dane martinez what's up dane how are you my friend i'm doing well i'm honored to be your second <laughs> guest you got to make it more often yeah how about that how about that you know uh, as I was looking through my notes here uh, in the break there, I, I read a quote from the Texas governor, Greg Abbott, who said the coronavirus, uh, Dane, was spreading in his state at, in his words, an unacceptable rate. You know, I'll ask you the same question I asked my previous guest. You know, give me a, a percentage, roughly, obviously, of whether you think there really will be football, college football, um, you know, this upcoming season. 
I do think the NFL will ultimately happen, Scott. College is a whole different ball of wax, you know. I mean, these kids are not professionals. They're not in a union. And I think it'd be very hard, you know, to tell parents, right, like these these campuses are not safe to bring students back, yet come on in and bring in the athletes. I don't know that that's going to happen. You know, the way I'm talking about it on my shows – because we, we see Bundesliga happening, right? And soccer is starting to happen back in Europe. But if you look, those countries in Europe have successfully flattened the curve in a way that we have yet to actually do so here in this country, right? And there would be no Bundesliga happening if the curve in Germany was the way it is right now here in America. So I am uh, losing my optimism by the day. Yeah, that's all my, so my, you know, at baseball stuff, I was saying earlier, Dane, you know, it appears on the surface, what happened yesterday was a good thing. Even though the baseball players said no to the owners, the owners now have seemingly said, okay, then we'll implement the rules that we want, you know, through the commissioner, obviously. But ultimately, yeah. you know, the players can still say, well, we're not playing because of the coronavirus. So you, you could implement a 40 game schedule, a 50 game schedule. You could implement a 162 game schedule. If, if we all vote no to play because of the virus, well, then there's no baseball season. So I, I wonder where the baseball players stand on that. What are your thoughts? Yeah, I think that is a valid concern. You know, for me, the owners, in essence, I don't know how much you play poker, Scott, but for me, the owners were just slow playing because they knew they had the nuts the whole time, right? They knew they had the ability to default back to that late March agreement and have the commissioner kind of just deliver or enforce the season. And they knew that that was going to be at a kind of pro rating, which would still protect their profit margin, right? So they never really made any moves and they were just different kind of formulas of getting to the same money with it was the 76 game and 75% or the 60 games that ironically protect their $1.1 billion profit margin from last year. So yes, the players could decide to not show up, but I think we're going to start seeing that in the NBA as well. You know, they are, you know, deciding whether or not they're going to go down to Orlando. I think the deadline is tomorrow and you're already seeing people like Lou Williams saying he's 50-50, Justice Winslow saying he's 50-50, other players deciding not to go because of potential, you know, contract negotiations or rehabbing from injury or fears for COVID, right? Like, you know, if you have a wife that's seven months pregnant, what are you going to do? Isolate yourself away and miss the birth of your first child? You know, so, I mean, there's just so many valid considerations that individual humans have that it becomes very difficult to have a policy that's one size fits all. But yes, they they definitely, whether it's baseball, football, basketball, they all have that kind of option to go ahead and say, you know what, I ain't showing up. Are you surprised with that, Dane? Because I'll tell you, I, I am a little bit with these players, whether it's football, whether it's uh, basketball, baseball, forget about it. To me, they're a bunch of bozos. But I am surprised that there have been some NBA players that legitimately are concerned with the virus. I, I thought... You know, someone in, if, if, I know for me, um, you know, I'll, I'll be always 49. So, I, but I'm, you know, at the point where I, you know, I, I, I kind of worry, but I think to myself, if I was in my 20s and I'm looking at a seven figure paycheck, I wouldn't care about the virus. There's so few people that are really getting seriously, seriously sick from it. It's a lot of older people. I wouldn't think that the players would be that concerned, but, you know, there does seem to be some legitimate concern amongst the players, and I am surprised about that. Yeah, I mean, for me, Scott, I think you have to broaden it out and realize that the virus is not the only legitimate concern, 
right? You know, I mean, this idea that they've now been inactive for two to three months, and there's a lot of players, these younger players that are on the verge of potential max extensions, you know, DeAndre Fox, I mean, Darren Fox, Jason Tatum, Oladipo and the like, where they're worried about, hey, with this stop and start of the potential NBA season, I could have a freak injury, you know, and then that compromises my ability to get my max contract down the road. You know, I think the um, there was someone who came out yesterday, I believe it was uh, Trevor Ariza, and his reason isn't fear of the virus, but, you know, a family situation where he can, he's not going to be isolated from his family and ultimately I think it's like his 12-year-old son for four months. You know, a team may go in there and play the eight games and not make it into the, the, the playoff format. But if they do, you know, Scott, then they're isolated for their family for potentially all the way until October. You know, so maybe it's not even that they're afraid of the health. Maybe it's that they don't want to be away from their family, isolated and quarantined for four months. Maybe it's the idea of fear of injury. You know, Oladipo just came back from an injury and was still kind of working his way, and he may not want to risk it. You know, so I think the interesting part is there's money concerns, there's logistical concerns, there's health concerns. You know, COVID is not the only thing preventing you from sacking up and being like, hey, sure, let's get it on. Pardon for me asking, but are, are you married, Dane? I just got married before the pandemic <laughs> hit. I got married on leap year this See? year. I had an event in the Bronx on March 6th, and most of the people that I went said it's the last social event they've gone to since uh, until the pandemic. So I'm See, a quarantine the, newlywed. There's the difference between a, a newlywed, in essence, and a guy like me that's been married for 25 years, where you'll say the players are concerned because they can't be with their family and their wives and, and maybe their kids. When you're married for me, like 20 plus years, I think it's no, they're concerned they have to be with their wife because she's going to be part that of the you know, <laughs> part of the confinement. That is and he's, he's looking, I got to be with her night and day for two a myriad of months. reasons, Scott. A myriad <laughs> of reasons. Yes, we'll leave it at that. We'll leave, we'll leave it at that. Uh, do you take sides in the baseball thing? Are you an owner's guy, a player's guy, or they're both at fault? I do, here's, here's my take on it. Honestly, I think the biggest issue here is not necessarily me being a player's guy or an owner's guy. I think the problem is that it's all been so public. We are seeing how the sausage is made. I think that is the biggest problem, okay? Because these are negotiations. They go back and forth. I mean, in MLS, okay, they were, they were hours away from a lockout. But we weren't paying attention. We weren't watching how the sausage was made. And I think because all of this is being aired out so publicly, it doesn't do good things for any of the negotiations. Can I understand that the owners don't want to operate at a loss? Yes. Can I understand that the players want, you know, the idea of the prorated because that's what they thought they were getting, whether the fans were showing up or not? Yes. I think the biggest issue and what I always say on my show here is that, you know, we're seeing we're seeing this very publicly, whereas the conversations, at least for a while in the NBA, were kind of like behind the curtain and everybody had this wealth of trust in Adam Silver, right? The tone was better. And that is, I think, the big difference. And everyone is seeing this. And so the public, they're both losing in the court of public opinion because it seems like these millionaires fighting these billionaires. Whereas in other sports, you know, I think it's being a little bit more delicately approached and they're winning in the court of public opinion. I think the issue is that we're seeing how the sausage is made, Scott.
Yeah. Speaking of the show, the early line, the radio show, in-game live TV stuff, Dane Martinez. Uh, Dane, what do you got coming up for today later on this morning? Sure. Uh, so, you know, we continue to cover the changing negotiations going on, um, you know, both in, in, in the NBA and in Major League Baseball. What we've also been doing with this opportunity of not having, you know, live team American sports, we've really taken a, a deeper dive into a lot of the NFL teams, seeing what they've done in the offseason, seeing what their futures markets look like, going through their games and trying to find value. We've been doing a lot of that in the NFL. And as you may know, Scott, I'm also kind of one of the fantasy guys on this network. And so also talking about how some of those rookies fit in um, and kind of a new theory I have that in the NFL, each team really doesn't even have one or two running backs, but is really going at it with three-headed monsters. And unfortunately, how that doesn't do good things for your fantasy team. Dane, good job, man. Appreciate you getting up a little extra early. I know your show comes on after mine on the radio side of things. It's Sports Grid Radio, the host of the early line and uh, TV stuff with uh, in-game live. Appreciate it, bud. And, uh, you know, have yourselves a great show, and uh, maybe we'll do this again uh, down the line. Sounds good, Scotty. Thanks for having me. Thanks, Thanks Dave. Appreciate it. Dave Martinez again on uh, Sports Grid Radio, host of the early line, in-game live TV stuff, uh, which obviously with TV, with Sports Grid, you can catch on Pluto 517, Zumo 719, Stir 352, and all the other platforms, basically. Apple TV, Amazon Fire TV, and uh, YouTube TV. A couple stories here before we break and close up shop. One, they did make an arrest, as we've alluded to, in the situation up in South Dakota, which, you know, is great. I mean, I didn't think it would take very long. But as you you know, maybe know, for uh, Philadelphia Eagle um, tight end Dallas Goder lives in South Dakota, so obviously nothing going on football wise. So he's back home. He's sitting in a bar, looks like a bar, bar restaurant. It, it sounds like it's like a Friday's type of thing, and it does appear he gets into a little confrontation with one of the other patrons. They seem to be in a scrum, hockey terms, and a third person comes in and just sucker punches Dallas in the face, cold clocked him, out cold, down he goes, take it to the hospital. Okay, but it was it was a vicious-looking thing. We talked a little bit about it yesterday. If you remember the Rudy Tomjanovich punch from, from way back when, Kermit Washington, that's what it really looked like. I mean, he just went down. I mean, just complete Bush League, just complete sucker punch. Not fair. Wasn't entangled with that guy. So completely, 100% wrong. So a bunch of patrons then jumped on that guy who ended up getting arrested, Kyle Douglas Hadala. So I bring it up specifically because, one, it's good to see that, uh, you know, hopefully justice will be served. But two, he was only charged, the guy who was arrested was only charged with a misdemeanor. And I'm thinking to myself, are you kidding me? This guy just absolutely cold clocked someone. Out of the blue, in essence, maybe he, I'm sure he was friends with the other guy, but still, I mean, you talk about a cheap shot among all cheap shots. And then you find out that the guy they arrested is from Sarasota, Florida, and he's only in South Dakota because he's uh, doing something with his job. And I'm thinking to myself, you know, if your local police, one of your own, gets cold clocked to the point where he's left unconscious, has to be taken to the hospital, you know, knock on wood, he's going to be okay, apparently. And you only give the guy from Florida, the foreigner, if you will, a misdemeanor. And they say because uh, Godert wasn't hurt that badly. I'm like, what the fudge? You <laughs> Thanks for nothing, guys. I mean, I'm the one that's from South Dakota. I'm the one that's coming back to this facility. I'm the one that's coming, you know, here. Wouldn't you take care of your own? Whatever happened to that philosophy of taking care of your own? So this moat 
who cold clocks this guy, so guy football player, and, and all he gets, uh, you know, is it, a little stupid misdemeanor. Unbelievable. Unbreakable. Uh, I tell you, the justice system these days is just a hell in a handbasket, it really is. All right, we'll close up shop next. We've got Wetzel Bagels and Bad Beats on this Tuesday morning with a great story from beer lovers. You need a job? I got one for you. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Close up shop on this uh, Tuesday morning. Good show. I do appreciate the phone calls. We had some emails, got some tweets, had some guests, but with everything on uh, this show, including a couple of stories here. One where North Coast Organics, never heard of them, but uh, they're releasing a Grateful Dead branded line of deodorant. So if you're a Grateful Dead fan, which I'm not, uh, you can now buy Grateful Dead deodorant. <laughs> I'm wondering if they're going to come up with one for the band Stinky. Uh, They should. How about beer lovers? You need a job? Everyone needs a job these days, right? We're all losing out on uh, employment and everything else because of the virus. Well, how about this? There's a company called Devil's Backbone Brewing, which is owned by the uh, Anheuser-Busch Company, you know, the Budweiser folks. They're willing to pay you to drink and hike. That's right. They're hiring, I guess it's just one, but hiring a chief hiking officer who'll be paid $20,000 to hike the Appalachian Trail, or Appalachian Trail, really. It's Appalachian College, but it's Appalachian Trail, uh, to hike the Appalachian Trail while drinking along the way. I don't know what the purpose is to see how many bones you can break getting drunk while on the trail. I, I mean, you talk about signing away your life. If you have to sign it away for the coronavirus for sports athletes, I am sure you have to sign document after document. But it's open to residents in the 14 states that cross the trail. And uh, as long as you're willing to drink, I, they didn't say what kind of beer, but maybe it doesn't even matter. I'm, I'm a, imagine some kind of Budweiser beer, right? So how about that? Drinking? and hiking. Don't drink and drive, but drink and hike. That you can do. Hey, great job by uh, everyone, including Dane Martinez from Sports Grid and uh, Brian Edwards from VegasInsider.com. Do appreciate that. We'll do it all again tomorrow right here on Bagels and Bad Beats with yours truly, Scott Wetzel. Don't forget, go to the website, go to our Sports Grid page, our YouTube page, and have yourselves a great Tuesday. We'll talk to you Wednesday again on Bagels and Bad Beats. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com.